Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I can take them to a place uh, personally that they can't get to themselves. Right back in this game. Big expectations. They got to buy into that, and it's not going to be comfortable at times. I pull and I root for the team because I know if the team's playing well, it makes the people in the city excited and happy. You know, we're in this thing to win. This game is over. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Plus. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. The Edmonton Oilers will take on the Nashville Predators tonight and the trade deadline less than an hour away. No movement by the Oilers to this point. We wait for them to potentially do something. Assistant or, uh, pardon me, interim general manager Keith Gretzky here in Edmonton keeping an eye on the market. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown at the Hall of Fame room inside Rogers Place. We'll check in with Bob Stoffer, who you usually get for the full two hours in this time slot. Jack Michaels will join us as well. And uh, we are looking at some of the latest deals here. Columbus getting Adam McQuaid for the Rangers for a fourth in 2019 and a seventh in 2019. The Avalanche get Derek Broussard and a conditional 2026 rounder for a 2023rd rounder. That goes to Florida. Also of note, Jordan Wheel goes to Montreal for Michael Chaput going to Arizona. And this is the most significant one today, Rob. The Winnipeg Jets get Kevin Hayes giving up to the Rangers. Brendan Lemieux, a 2019 first rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder. And I and I agree with Jim Matheson, who we had on a little while ago, is with Winnipeg making that deal, uh, the National Predators are, are now, uh, I, I think they have to do something as well. Um, Winnipeg is deep in all positions. They have some injury problems on the back end that they may address today, but up front they're very deep. And the one thing, as Jim pointed out, the National Predators, uh, they eventually were exposed in the playoffs last year up front. They didn't have enough depth. They are very good on the back end. Uh, they got good goaltending. But in the, in the playoffs, you got to count on unlikely guys up front to score big goals. And they just didn't have that type of depth. So I think in the next little while here before the deadline comes to an end, look for Nashville to make some sort of splash up front, trying to find uh, whether it be a top six guy or, or something that can give them a little more depth at the forward position. Okay, so who, biggest name still out there? I think we got to go with Mark Stone, top of the list. He's He'd be still number available. one. He'd be number one. Good hockey player. They're just showing his stats on TV. He's got 28 goals, so he's got an outside chance at 40 this year. You would think he's got 28 goals on a bad team. Uh, he goes somewhere, a good team plays with a good centerman. He could get 40. He'd be the number one guy out there. He's not on the ice in Ottawa today in their pregame skate. They're trying to move him. Uh, and then you got Simmons in Philadelphia. I know that they're Philadelphia, they, it was like a first-rounder and a prospect. I like the way Simmons plays, but to me, he's not worth mortgaging your future on. He just isn't. He's a, he's a second-line, hard-hitting Hands are not bad. You can put them on your power play. But to me, he's not the difference maker 
that uh, a Mark Stone is. So I'm not giving up a whole lot in my future to get Simmons just for a rental. In terms of the Oilers, we've been discussing the players that could be moved up front. Chason, Cassian, maybe even Reader, though, I mean, his struggles this year are well documented, but maybe there might be a bit of a market for him. On the back end, uh, I know in the last hour, and Bob's going to check in in a few minutes, maybe Alexander Petrovich. Again, I don't think you can expect a huge return there. Maybe Matt Benning, uh, a right shot D if a team is looking for some depth. And who who do you get back? I mean, Jim, Jim Matheson believes that... Keith Gretzky wouldn't make a trade unless he can get a player who can a forward most likely who can play now maybe on your on your third or fourth line uh, the farm team is going well <laughs> Bakersfield 16 consecutive wins they play Tucson tonight so here's the thing that those are five names for the Oilers we list off they're not making five moves no, <laughs> no, no, well, no. Well, with they, the don't, they, don't have enough, they don't have enough players. They don't have in, enough guys around in Nashville to, to play tonight if they move, make all those plays. Uh, I, I, I think that Keith Gretzky's in a bit of a hard spot. The Oilers, throughout, if you go to 30 other cities in the National Hockey League and you say, "What are the Oilers' chances of making the playoffs?" They're going to say they have none. Right. But here in Edmonton, there's still belief. There's still belief that they can get on a run and somehow sneak into the playoff spot. So if Keith Gretzky were to trade a Chase on or a Cassian up front for just draft picks or, or, or something for the future, he's more or less saying, all right, the season is done. I don't believe in this group. I don't think we can make that, that last push to be a playoff team, and I don't think he wants to say that to his team. Unless something knocks his socks off, unless he gets more than what any of us had expected for a Cassian or a Chase on, I don't believe those guys are on a move simply because he does not want to tell his team the season is over. He wants there to be belief in that dressing room. As much as outside of Edmonton, there might not be a lot of belief that the others can do it. He still believes in his team and wants them to have belief in themselves. All right, Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Reed Wilkins, and Rob Brown. Uh, we'll take you through most of the show today. Bob will check in in a few minutes. We'll also have Jack Michaels on from Nashville, and we do have a, a game to tell you about as well. You can reach out on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Brought to you by Kim Mitchell on February 27th at River Cree Resort and Casino. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. The text line, 630-630, presented by Heartland Ford. Think all dealerships are the same? Think again. Again, experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. We will also visit with Mark Spector today for the horses. Horse Racing of Alberta, uh, Horse Racing Alberta, the province of Alberta, was built on the back of a horse. Now, uh, trade stories going on, game day stories to discuss as well. The Oilers' playoff hopes are slim. And yes, if you're like me, you go on Sports Club Stats. You saw 2.3% this morning. So it's about 1 in 50. It'll uh, help a lot if they can beat the Nashville Predators tonight. The Predators second in the Central Division, one back of Winnipeg. The Jets do have two games in hand. And Rob, I know you always love these as as a player going into another team's barn after they just lost their last game five nothing, which is what Nashville lost to to the Avalanche on the weekend. Yeah, I, we used to hate that. We'd rather the team feel be fat, feel good about themselves. They're on a nine game winning streak because the odds say they're going to eventually lose. But I'm, I'm sure there was a little bit of soul searching after their last game. They want to come out and prove themselves. The the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets, neither one of them wants to play St. Louis in the first. Round. 
Uh, you and I talked about it earlier. They are uh, the class of the NHL over the last month. They moved from dead last in the in, in the NHL to very comfortably in a playoff spot. So these are important games. Nashville wants to catch Winnipeg. They want to p- beat them uh, and, and win the division. To do that, you've got to beat non-playoff teams on home ice. Uh, and you add the fact they're playing an Oiler team that's without its best player. So look to, for Nashville to come out flying tonight in this game. So this is going to be a tough matchup for the Oilers. And the Oilers are on a, a, a tough five-game road trip. Uh, if, if you want to look at games that are winnable, if you're just looking stat-wise, there's really only one, the Ottawa Senators. Yet the Oilers somehow got to scrape together you know, six or seven points to still have a, a, a believable chance when they get home from this road trip. They have some winnable games when they get home, but you've got to still be within striking distance. So you're going to have to upset someone on this road trip. I, I, we talked about it the other day. A huge confidence boost when you win on home ice uh, without your best player. And, and the Oilers have won back-to-back games for the first time in over a month as we go into the audio vault for direct workwear. For product knowledge, compliance, great pricing and innovation, directworkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. Every team has a plan. Every fan has an opinion. In-depth discussion and analysis. Bob Stoffer and Jack Michaels on the road with the Oilers. 25, 29, and 6. Nine points out of a playoff spot. Anaheim at 24, 28, and 9. Back to the point. A drive, Sacra save, and then a rebound save. Rebound score! Third opportunity, and it's Josh Curry's first National Hockey League goal. And the period ends with Edmonton on top, 1-0. Russell with a puck just inside the blue line. Dry settle to McDonough deflects it home. He didn't take the shot, Bob. He didn't need to. Oh, here's a dump in and now a one-timer score. The Ducks get a friendly bounce off the left corner boards and Richie feeds Carter Rowney. And we'll head to the third period with the Oilers leading by a score of 2-1. to one. And with 50 seconds to go, the Ducks still have a chance. Shore inside. One-timer to save. Koskin a rebound loose. And Perry scores the equalizer with 45 seconds to go. Or are they waving it off? Now... They'll wave it off, and the Oilers might have caught a huge break here. No ball the... on the play. There was an incidental contact with the goaltender. Incidental contact with the goalie. Let's here we, see. Here we go. No, it's too very play quick. Play is under review per Toronto's request. After video review from Toronto, it has been determined that the call on the ice stands. There's no goal. There it is. Big hit by Nurse on Perry. Puck shaking off the goal line. Right to Nugent Hopkins. Net is empty. Five seconds to play. Drysaddle will kill the clock. And Edmonton is held on for a 2-1 victory. All right, so that's how it uh, sounded on 6.30 Jets Saturday night. Jack Michaels with the play-by-play. Rob, first of all, great stories. Curry and Gagne scoring, and the Oilers survive a, a goalie interference challenge where, I, I, I mean, I've just seen so many go a way I didn't think that wouldn't surprise it wouldn't not have surprised me if that would have counted for a tied tied game yeah I I agree uh, to me I think those goals should count though and I mean both ways not whether it's the Oilers going for or against I think too many goals are disallowed for very incidental type of things um, but there was a lot of 
a lot of cool things about that game, and I don't think anything cooler than uh, what's going on with, with Josh Curry. I mean, I played I played in the National Hockey League, I played in the minors. When you're in the minors, when you call up a guy, he comes from the East Coast League. In the East Coast League, as he said, he was making like 500 bucks a week. So he gets called up to the minors, and that's their NHL. And guys that are playing in the East Coast League, their dream is is to play in the AHL. Their dream is to go up in the minors. Mm -hmm. for, but for this kid to, now 26 years old, to, to, to believe in himself, to put the work in every day, not only just in the wintertime when you're at the rink, but to do it in the summer and always have that hope and that dream that one day you can be in the National Hockey League and then to eventually get there and score a goal. Uh, to me, that is the story of the year for the Edmonton Oilers. There's been a lot of tough stories this year, a lot of things that haven't gone right, but for one night, for one kid, something went very, very right. So to me, the story of the year happened last game when Josh Curry scored his first National Hockey League goal. All right, so the Oilers beat the Ducks Saturday. They play in Nashville tonight. Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet has just uh, tweeted out, Vegas and Ottawa working hard on a Mark Stone deal. Nashville was in there too. Calgary circled back, but the Golden Knights appear to be the favorites. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that one. We will bring in Bob Stoffer from Nashville. When we get back, you're listening to Oilers Now on 630. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for joining us. 1221, Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown in the Hall of Fame room at Rogers Place. We will be with you, well, for a little while until we uh, hear from Keith Gretzky and wrap things up here for our trade deadline coverage. And, of course, 430 face-off show game at 6. Oilers visiting the Nashville Predators. Oilers now host Bob Stoffer in Nashville. Bob, thanks for checking in again. How are things there? Uh, well, we're all kind of waiting to see what's going to happen here in the next 40 minutes or each. One thing that appears to be developing, I know Elliot Friedman, who you have on this show every Friday, has put out there that the Vegas Golden Knights are the favorites for Mark Stone. Yeah, actually, I, uh, I bumped into some people from Nashville. And I, I'm, you know, I think that Nashville and Calgary obviously have interest in Mark Stone. Vegas, the Kelly McCrimmon connection to Mark Stone, who's a true... The only thing with Vegas is they got a lot of money tied up next year. So it would purely be a rental situation, uh, you know, depending upon the like, strategy call of Miller. So maybe he goes back the other way. But Ottawa's been trying to trade uh, CC as well. We know that at one time, Peter Sorelli coming off the 10-goal, 26-point season that CC had, seemingly had a lot of interest. Uh, a lot of interest in Cody CC. I you know the others do not have that same interest now. They're off side on the right side of some stage. Still, person currently playing for uh, that show over in Sweden. Uh, they've had a bit of a run here. They're the reigning champ, so maybe we thought he might be available lately. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition, but he's on a one-way deal next year. It will be with the Oilers organization, and then Evan Bouchard as well. So Evan's got uh, he's on a 10-game point streak right now for one tonight. So those two guys are going to be competing, I believe, for a spot on the right side next year. What that means is we're not talking about Pat Benning, and we're not talking about Alexander Petrovich. Petrovich is the U of A. Benning has another year left, and I, I still think that Benning could be a play. And uh, I think Petrovich, if he gets moved, gets moved for a pick. And I wonder about Benning, whether or not he might get moved for a forward, just because the other could use. So maybe there's a forward out there that's got a year left or something like that. Uh, you know, that might make sense. 
quiet for the Oilers so far. We've had Jim Matheson on the show about half an hour ago. He has uh, written on Twitter, if the least need toughness at forward, and the Oilers could use a forward with more offensive juice, would a Zach Cassian for Connor Brown trade work? Brown played with McDavid in Erie. Brown, uh, modest stats this season, 20 points in 61 games with Toronto. As you recall in our last segment, I brought up uh, Connor Brown. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether or not they would be more interested in a guy like uh, Hugo just because of the cheaper price point. Uh, and, of course, Hugo is a restricted free agent. Uh, I think Zach Cassian is staying, guys. I just, I, he's been the order fourth best forward for six weeks. He has been the one forward that has benefited the most. From play, for playing for Ken Hitchcock. I just don't see Zach getting traded, which is crazy. <coughs> Excuse me, because back, uh, back in November, I thought he was getting traded for sure. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But I do think Connor Brown could be a, a possibility, and, you know, at least need a right shot defensive as well. I mean, this you know, type of deal, it doesn't get done until five minutes before the closing of uh, the trade deadline. What's the what's the mood in the dressing room right now going into tonight's game? The Oilers having five points out of six at home ice. Two of those win or three of those points are without Connor McDavid. They're playing without him against tonight against a very good team in Nashville. But there's got to be a little more belief and a little more confidence in the dressing room going into this road trip. Well, Rob, it's a fair question, but again, I you know they don't have McDavid. Uh, Nashville's up to something. That's the other thing here. I mean, we've heard Hartman's name out there this morning. Kevin Fiala, of course. You know, David Poyle's a GM, but his former assistant GM, Paul Fenton, now is GM in Minnesota. Uh, you know, he already took Pont to Aberg in a deal with Anaheim. And could you see Fiala, who's a better player than Aberg, ending up with the Minnesota Wild? And what would the Wild give up going the other way? Like, could they give up a, a higher, you know, would they give up a Jason Zucker? I don't know. Like, or is Zucker going off to Carolina? Uh, and D.K. Subban was not on the ice in the morning skate today either. So I don't know what the two lineups are going to be like, but I do know this, guys. If I'm the owners, I don't like the fact that uh, Nashville got stuck at home 5 nothing by Colorado in their last game. So Edmonton better be ready to go early, and that was one of the messages that was certainly reinforced today, is regardless of whatever happens on the business side with us, you know, and it is a business, you still got to be ready and focused to play, because this is a pretty good senior plan. So, Bob, I want your opinion on this. I, I've got a strong opinion on it. Should there be any games on trade deadline day? No. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think I think it's silly that there there are because there's going to be teams shorthanded in tonight's games. These games are incredibly important. Obviously, playoff race. One two points can make a difference between a team making the playoffs and not, which is a lot of money to the to the ownership. Uh, and teams are not going to have their full complement of players, a number of teams around the National Hockey League, because of the moves are being made. So I don't understand why the NHL would not just, you know what, it's a Monday, so it's not like it's a day that's it's a huge selling out point in the United States. It's not a Friday-Saturday type night. Why does the NHL force teams to play shorthanded? Well, and I'll take it one step further. I don't think teams, when players get suspended, uh, I don't think that, because right now the owners, Connor McDavid, tied up one of those three extra spots, right? Uh, uh, Kevin Gravel. So, you know, Edmonton can't even call up a forward to replace McDavid potentially as an option. And I'll go further down the path with, with concussion protocol and all those sort of challenges, how serious we look at head injuries today. I think they should actually increase the size 
of the reserve list from 50 to 55 NHL contracts. Because you're going to have guys that get shut down for, you know, the owners have a situation where Ryan Mazza basically suffered a stroke to his eye, and he is on an NHL contract, and that ties up one of your 50 spots. So the owners have 48 contracts. They don't want to go above 48. And one of the guys that they've got, Ryan Mazza, they have, like, when there's a significant injury like that, there has to be, like, you know, a rationale that allows the organization to have a little bit more flexibility. Because at the end of the day, the fans are the ones that get ripped off. Bob, we'll check in with you again, buddy. Thanks for the update from Nashville. Yep. Could be a, an eventful last half hour here before the deadline. Uh, something's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, safe prediction. Something should happen. Uh, it is 12.28. We're back after the 12.30 news here on Oilers Now as we count you down to the NHL trade deadline. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.